Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 24. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Genesis chapter 11, verse number 2. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east or eastward, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And then lastly, Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 11. In these opening chapters of Genesis until until God finds an individual that is going the opposite direction. In Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 11, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. There is a movement, a direction that takes place, and I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight on this subject, direction matters direction matters. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would help us go in the right direction. We stand in recognizing that your word is there to enable us, empower us. Your word, your spirit is able to empower us to make sure that we're traveling in the right direction. We praise you, we thank you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. In these opening pages, there is a general trend toward a particular way or a particular direction. Nothing is filler in the scripture. Sometimes we look at even genealogies and think that it is just filler information in the word of God, but it is there for a purpose and a point to connect generations together to provide opportunity and a snapshot of who is who and what God is doing in those generations. You can look at things like the tabernacle and think that some of the information that is given regarding the tabernacle is uh, superfluous information or just information that's not really necessary. And this would not be the case because everything in the tabernacle has a type and shadow into the New Testament. And so when we read these opening pages in Genesis, notice these specific references to the geographical orientation. The author has nothing against the fact that east is a particular direction. He's not trying to downplay east from west, north from south, but he is trying to point out a, a direction that individuals are going and how that fits spiritually into this particular book in the opening chapters, the genesis or the origin of all things from the very beginning, we give and have an understanding that God intends for us to go a particular direction. Location in these verses symbolizes something spiritual. I want to say from the very outset here in the introduction that it is important that you as an individual are going the right direction. It's important that the church is going the right direction. There's going to be a lot of people that want to go one particular way. But thank God there is a church and people in the church who are apostolic that are not just going the direction everybody else is going, following the direction that everybody is following. I'm not interested 
interested in that. I'm interested in falling where God wants to take me, not where the world wants to take me, not where the enemy wants to take me, not where my flesh wants to take me, but I want to go where God is directing me. Praise God. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to your word. Praise God. Let's go the direction that God is going. If God's going that way, that's the way I want to go. If he's going that way, I want to go that direction. I want to be in his anointing and his presence. Amen. I want to be I want to be on the atlas and the road map and the, uh, and the app on the phone that's pointing me in the right way. Have you ever been some places and the app that you're using, the maps that you're using, take you to the wrong place? Amen. If you're not careful, you'll go in a direction and you'll end up in the wrong place. But I'm convinced here tonight that you're in the right place here tonight, and that is the house of God. Amen. God has put an address for you tonight and you came to this place and it was the right address amen and God's got an address for your life as well you're not just wandering around carried about by every wind of doctrine and cunning craftiness and slight of men you're here because God is directing the calling in your life don't go backwards keep going forwards don't go the wrong direction go the right direction go, don't, don't go down go up The author is correlating geography to an inward desire and intent to a particular direction. And more particularly, he is looking at what caused individuals to go in that direction. How did it happen? What was the end result? Amen. Anyone here tonight have a testimony that a particular direction that you were going led you to an end result? And it was not a good end result. And it cost you a lot of pain and suffering. And there were consequences because you went that way. But thank God you're in the house of God tonight. Because at some point in your life, God said, revealed to you, somebody testified, the word of God became powerful to you, that, that, uh, that said to you, that revealed to you, I've been going the wrong way. And it's time to get on the right path heading in the right direction. When you live for God, you're going in the right direction. When you're seeking God, you're going in the right direction. When you're pursuing God, you're going in the right direction. So he gives to us these examples. The garden is the first example. God intended and designed for them to be in Eden. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 10 Listen to this description. It is this, a description that is meant to reveal to us and characterize to us that this is a beautiful place, an extravagant place, a place of paradise. It says a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it parted and became into four heads. And the name of the first was Pison, that is, it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold on that land is good. And there is delium and onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hedekel. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it 
and to keep it. I'm convinced that the same atmosphere that God placed humanity into, God intends to place you in the same kind of atmosphere. We may be in the world, but we're not of the world. And God brings to us things that cannot be connected to this world. Praise God. The peace of God cannot be connected to this world. The joy of God cannot be connected to this world. God intends to place you in a particular calling and a place. There's intentions. There is purpose. And there is initiation into that. And God's intention is for you to be in the right place place. You have a place where the rest of the world does not have a place. They're looking for it. They're trying to pursue it, but they can't find it. We need to make sure that we testify that we're in a good place. Amen. We're in the right place. We're in the presence and the anointing of God, and it's exactly where I want to be. It's a good land. It's a healthy land. There are rivers that flow like wells of water springing up into everlasting life. The Holy Ghost is there. You can draw from it. The peace of God is there. There are trees and goodness and there's gold. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? There are good things of God that you need to be happy about, joyful about, and understand that you have something that is valuable. But they chose to go a different direction. It was lush. It was exquisite. Not because of its design alone, but because of their closeness to God. They had opportunity to walk with him, to fellowship with him on a daily basis. Not only were there great things in the land, but they had the ability to communicate with God. The temptation that is introduced is to take matters into their own hands. And this leads them to being exposed to God's judgment And because of that failure to trust God and to stay within the ramifications of that relationship, they chose to go a particular direction. And Genesis chapter 3 verse 24 says, He drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims. They went to the east. They walked away from God's goodness and they walked away from God's environment. And so in the very beginning, we see that there are terrible consequences to going the wrong direction. Just a few pages later, we come across an individual by the name of Cain. And in the process of time, he brings an offering of his first fruits, which is different from his brother who brought forth the firstling of his sheep flock. The real problem was the response. His sacrifice was not accepted by God. Because the sacrifice was something that didn't cost anything. When you sacrifice a sheep, there is a death. And so God was pleased with that because he was setting up a proper understanding. Even from the very beginning, when they try to dress themselves in fig leaves, God provided to them something that was better than fig leaves. Something had to die. There was a sacrifice. So from the very origin in the beginning... There was a death that was connected to a sacrifice, and that was connected to worship. And so Cain brings his the first fruits of his of his crops, but he could just go back and bring some more. It's much different when one of your sheep has to die. And the real problem wasn't really with the the ingredients of the offering. The real problem was the response. 
man, sometimes when, when God wants something from us, we, we can get into denial, we can deny, we can obfuscate, we can try to escape, we can enter into rebellion rather than just saying, you know what, God, I need to make some changes. You're right, I need to make some changes, and I need to offer what is acceptable. That's the proper response. But Cain decided he was going to go a different direction than what God intended for him. Cain was angry with God, and and then when he was angry with God, he became angry with his brother. When you're angry with God on a vertical level, your relationships go sideways on a horizontal level. A person that is good with humanity and other relationships is a person that's going to be good with God. If you're having problems in your relationships, get close to God. Get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Get a relationship and a walk with God. It absolutely will have a positive effect on on the relationships around you. Praise God. Anybody hearing what I'm saying here today? Don't go the wrong direction. He chose to go a particular direction. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 14, he says, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. There is an eastward movement. There is a direction. He's going in a particular way. We continue to read the book of Genesis, and we find that humanity becomes so terrible and so evil and so full of iniquity that there is a worldwide flood, and Noah finds grace in the sight of the Lord. Humanity begins to increase, and there is a time as they journeyed from the east or as they were going eastward, it becomes ominous words. They collectively tried to create a defense against God's judgment, which was ironic, which was ironic because God declared it wouldn't happen again in that way. God made a covenant with Noah and said, I'm never going to destroy the world again by a flood, and I'm going to give you a bow or a a rainbow that is a, a direct description and response to the covenant that I have given to you. They bypassed, missed that Noahic covenant. And so they were wanting to make a tower so that God's judgment could not reach them. They failed to trust God. And in their midst of sliding away from God's providence, God finds someone in the east that is wanting to go west. And that is Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1, the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless you. Curse him that curse you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So while 
the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve is going the wrong direction and where Cain is going the wrong direction and where all the people collectively at the Tower of Babel go the wrong direction, he finds a man of God and he says, I want you to go the opposite way that everybody else is going. Abraham was an individual that said, I'll walk by faith even though I don't even know where I'm going, but I'm walking because I'm trusting in God and my faith and my confidence is in God. And when everybody else is going the wrong way, I'm going to step out on faith and go the right way. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen here tonight, we are the children of Abraham. We are the people of faith. If everybody else wants to cast off God and go their own direction and suffer the consequences, so be it. But I'm not going to go that direction because I recognize God has got a blessing. God has got a direction. God is going to bless me and he's going to bless other people. And I'm a part of a church that is going to bless those that gather and those that are on the outside. We need to thank God that he gives to us the opportunity. We need to bless this community and this city and say there is a blessing that happens when you put your confidence and trust in God. Hallelujah, if God's blessed you, been good to you, has had favor to you, clap your hands like you really mean it tonight. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Praise God, when everybody else was going east, Abraham said, take me west. I want to walk in the blessings of God. Praise God. Not everybody else is doing it, baby. There are some people of God that will rise up in a generation that is so wicked, a bunch of scoffers at the truth. But there are people that believe in the truth and recognize it's the truth that's going to set you free. You can scoff at it all you want, but one day you're going to realize that's in bondage and degradation and shackles and chains. He whom... The son has set free, is free indeed. God brings freedom. Lot went with Abraham. Their possessions grew to such a size that they needed to separate. And Abraham said, look, the whole land is before us. Separate, I pray thee from me. If you will take the left hand, I'll go to the right. If you depart from the right, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes. He beheld the plain of Jordan, and it was well watered. It looked like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and he journeyed east. And they separated themselves one from the other. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. His decision looked good on the surface. But it was in the wrong direction. Oh, I'm preaching here tonight. I'm really preaching here tonight. On the surface, it looked like it was the right direction. It looked like everything was good, but it was the wrong direction. 
You better be careful with the decisions that you make that you are absolutely assured that you're not just looking at what seems to be good, but God helps you read between the lines. We look at Abraham and we kind of feel bad for him because he's wandering around in the sticks and in the desert. He's not in the well-watered plains. It was Lot that went the wrong direction. Lot went east. He went towards Sodom and Gomorrah. That place vexed his soul exceedingly. He barely escaped out of that city and his wife turned around and turned into a pillar of salt and destruction. He barely got out of that place and then all kinds of dysfunction broke out. When we looked at Abraham in pity in the desert wandering around, we might have thought Lot made the right decision, but he didn't make the right decision. Abraham made the right decision. The world can tell me I'm wandering around in a desert. Look what we've got over here in Sodom. Look at these plains of Jordan. But I want to tell you, you're going the wrong direction. It's not all that it seems to be. I may be looking like I'm on the wrong side of the desert, but I know that there's a promise from God that is greater. <laughs> I know that there's a blessing that's coming from God that is greater. You can laugh at me all you want, but I'm going the right direction. In these four passages, going east, leaving a perfect place for a place of ruin, the direction matters. And tonight, for a few moments, spiritual direction matters. It matters. It matters where you're going. It matters what you're confronting. Wickedness in high places. It matters the direction in imaginations. It matters in spiritual matters, spiritual attacks and temptation. Direction matters. Amen. You've got to be going in the right direction. The Hebrew children had a different direction than King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to erect an idol and have everybody worship an idol. But those three Hebrew children said, we will not bow to the image that you have set up. We didn't the first time. We're not going the second time. You can throw us in a fiery furnace. We're going a different direction that you're going. And whether or not God saves us, that's his business. We still will not bow to this image. I want to tell you this is the same kind of attitude that we must have in the world that we are living in. We are not going the same direction. We're not even trying to go the same direction. We're not going to be sad or discomforted when you tell us you're not going with us. You should join with us. We can impact this and that. We can join lockstep and go in the same direction. From the beginning of time, the people of God never went the same direction that the world was going. They always went the opposite direction. Everybody going east, but the people of God were going west. And it's the same thing. You need to get that in your forehead and say, I am in this world. I'm not of this world. I'm not walking to the dictates of this world. I'm not under the influence of this world. I'm a child of God. I know that I won't fit in, and I'm not trying to fit in. I'm not going to school trying to be one person and at church trying to be another person. I'm not going to work trying to be one person, coming to the house of God trying to be another person. I am a child of God and I'm going to be an apostolic child of the king with an attitude that says I'm going the right 
way. They said, King, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You're going to be a miserable individual if you're trying to live in both worlds at the same time. How effective could you be if you just live for God with everything you had? Don't ever be the person that has a testimony that says, my goodness, I never knew that you were apostolic. Why didn't you tell me earlier? Because that's exactly what I was looking for. The corpus of scripture reveals to us it's directional. Caleb and the ten spies. Caleb says, we're able to take this land. We can possess it and we can overcome it. Let us go up at once. There's always people that are going to say, I don't think we can do that. I think that's an impossibility. I don't know. That's going to be a little struggle. That's going to take some time. That's the wrong direction. Caleb said, we can possess it. We can overcome it. We are well able to do it. Praise God. I want to be a church of people that say exactly what Caleb was saying. We can possess it. We can overcome it. And we can take it. Let's go at once. God, whatever you're calling us to do in revival, take us there. There's going to be some people that say, I don't think that can be done. I don't think it'll work. But they're the grasshopper mentality, folks. They're going the wrong direction. Praise God. People can receive the Holy Ghost. We can move out in this city and God can do great things. I don't think it's going to work. Oh, yes, it will work. You know why? Because the Lord is on our side. Praise God, in a few days we're going to launch out into stuff that may be kind of out there. But I believe God wants to take us somewhere and he wants to use us. And I believe there are going to be some individuals that step up to the line and saying, I was waiting for an opportunity to do something for God. There's going to be others that say, I don't think that'll work. I'll rather just be where I am and stay where I am and that's fine. But just don't drag the wheels of the chariot. Pray. Seek God, worship, join together, be unified. God's got great things for this church and for this city. I want to be going the right way and the right direction. Caleb said we can do it, but the rest said, no, we're, we're in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. The entire corpus of Scripture is directional, David and Goliath, two different directions. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would come out here and defy the armies of the God of Israel? Different direction. Jericho, Moses coming out of Egypt. They were going two different directions. We can either walk in fear or we can say God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. That's the direction I want to go. We can walk in the direction of failure or we can say we have a hope that maketh not ashamed. We can walk in the direction of bondage or we can go where the spirit of the Lord is and where the spirit of the Lord is 
is there is liberty. We can walk in the direction of doom or we can walk in there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. That's the direction that I want to go. We can walk in the direction of muted voices and no praise and no worship or we can walk in the direction of oh clap your hands all ye people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I want to walk in triumph. I want to walk in victory. Praise God. I want to walk in the spirit of power. I want to walk in the realm of faith. In conclusion here tonight, avoid the fallacy of going the wrong way. Make sure your spiritual compass is in the right direction. Amen. There's so many influences that will try to point you in the wrong direction, take you to the wrong place, the wrong address. Make sure your spiritual compass is going the right direction. There is a modern illustration regarding this in the, in the 19th century. This is an old quote, and um, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of harsh, but it was speaking about those who were in the cities versus those that were taking to the open range. And the man that gave the quote gave it in the New York Tribune in 1841. His name was Horace Greeley. And Horace Greeley said this, Do not lounge in the cities. There is room and health in the country, away from the crowds of idlers and imbeciles. Go west before you are fitted for no life but that of the factory. Horace Greeley, living in the city, said there is territory out there that can be taken. There is, there is things that you have not seen. There's self-sufficiency that you can strive toward. In those days of, of the Industrial Revolution, the factories were not a, it was a dirty place and hard labor and hard work. And Horace said, if you go west, you're going to find some self-sufficiency and, and there's territory to be taken. You need to move in that direction. Perhaps it was words such as these, the lure of the unclaimed land or the attraction of wide open spaces that spurred families from the eastern seaboard to pack their wagons and head toward the untamed western territories of the United States during the 19th century. The motto became, go west, young man. The West has always represented the opportunity and promise of America. Land and freedom and self-sufficiency and the Western frontier was a great draw. And a certain pursuit for new territory and opportunity, even though it was very hazardous and even though it was full of great difficulty, wrought with great obstacles. They packed up stuff and they moved in that direction toward new territory. I want to tell you tonight, this message is direction matters. There must be the same desire in the heart of a believer to go to places in the spirit led by God and not by carnality that looks and says, I know God has blessed me with where I am, but there is more territory 
territory. I know there are certain boundaries, but God is expanding the boundaries and God is expanding the territories. There may be difficulties and there may be obstacles, but I'm preaching faith to somebody. You need to stretch out and view with a new horizon and a new understanding that there is something out there that presently I don't have. And I'll never know the fullness of who God is. So that means wherever I am, there's more to God beyond where I am. I'm pursuing him. I'm seeking after him. I want new territory in the Holy Ghost. I want new territory in spiritual matters and things. I want to take territory in my home, in my neighborhood, in my city. I want to see God do great exploits of revival in the city, in the prisons, Bible studies. God, help me gain some things that I don't presently have. I want to reach out and I want to move. God's got greater things for our school. He's got greater things for our school. He's got greater things for our children's ministry. He's got greater things for T-Rockets. There's greater things that can be done in youth ministry. Praise God. There's families, young families with children. God's doing great things. We, we've got to constantly be moving in the direction, praise God, of saying, God, expand our territory. Praise God. I know we're comfortable in this place. This is a good crowd here on a Tuesday night, but I want to get to the place where it's a little uncomfortable. I don't even know what we're going to do because we're landlocked. We don't have any place to go. You can't build a building on top of a building. I don't know, but I just want this. I want revival. You know what we'll do? We'll put some people over in this part of the city and we'll start something over there and then do something over there and then do something over there. Whatever we've got to do, God, we want revival. We want your anointing. We want your power. Hallelujah. We need to step up and say there's a big revival coming. And there's people that want to go the right direction. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We're not going away from what God is doing. We're running to where God is moving. As the musicians come tonight and as we stand. Jesus, if you think you have arrived and you are satisfied with where you are, think of Jesus in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony. He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. God manifest in the flesh, in the uniqueness of what we call the sonship, where divinity and humanity coalesces and comes together. And though he is God of the universe, he is walking in the shoes of humanity for the first time and experiencing all the difficulties and temptations and struggles that comes with being human. In a capacity and in a way that is much greater than our capacity. And yet Jesus 
was not satisfied with just Gethsemane. And he struggled because he recognized the direction was moving toward a cross. And so in his prayer, he is praying, God, take me beyond this place and move me to Calvary. I'm not, the job is not complete. It is not done. It is not finished. There is, there's an expansion of what is taking place. If there's no cross, there's no sacrifice. If there's no cross, there's no blood, there's no redemption, there's no salvation, there's no church, there's no eternal life. But John said, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus said, there is more that must be done. And he goes to Calvary and he dies and his blood is shed so that you and I could understand. I don't have to bring a lamb, a goat, a turtle dove. I don't need to bring any of that because the supreme sacrifice was slain from the foundation of the world and his blood was shed at Calvary which gives to me a one-off, walk-off sacrifice. I'm not looking for a lamb anymore. I found the lamb. I felt his presence, and his blood still washes and cleanses and renews. It still covers. It still does the work of salvation and redemption. And it didn't stop at Calvary, but it went to a church. And then it spread through an entire world. And then the same burden that was upon him to make those steps up Golgotha's hill is upon you and I to take the same steps and say, God, I want to reach. I want to reach. I want to do more. I want to be more effective. I want to have a better prayer life. I want to worship you more. I want you to help me with Bible studies. I want you to help me with ministry. Praise God. Is anybody feeling the burden? that I'm feeling in the house of God tonight in a Bible study. Come on, there is more that we can do. We can be more effective as altar workers. We can be more effective as singers and musicians and Sunday school teachers. Come on, God is asking us and extending to us an invitation to stretch ourselves. He thought it was worth it. It was the right direction and it was the right movement. Praise God. And God has called us to the ministry of the same. Hallelujah. He's called us to the ministry of the same. Praise God. Why don't you lift up your hands in the sanctuary here today? God, I love you. Praise you. you.